Hello and welcome to the Retro Rejects. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing why the world needs Deathwish back in their life. This week we're going to be, it's not maybe debating because I don't know where you stand on the whole death wish <laughs> kind of thing. Wouldn't you but, like um, to? Yeah, I, I do think like I initially went back looking at. Um, I think it was just going to be the original death wish, and it was like actually that's all right. Um, and then you inflicted the following four on me as well. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's like I quite like all of them I think that they're all really 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 good in their own kind of way mm. but what initially started out as kind of like oh this would be kind of an easy kind of fun one now guaranteed that fun. it's it's fun. not it's not without its laughs kind of like they are they're dated and but they're still fucking badass movies and I think you badass. could only use badass <laughs> in relation was, yeah. to um Yes, Wish or yes. Charles Bronson, yeah. Mm. But um, for people who aren't familiar with the franchise, mm-hmm. um, it would have started. They were based on a novel. Um, basically, it's Charles Bronson is Paul Corsi. His wife gets killed. Um, his daughter gets abused, and then he goes by on by home invaders. Yeah, it goes not on by a, him, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit, and then he goes on a killing spree around New York. Um, so I suppose with the first one really kind of it, it's the thing I think it started off um, with kind of I, I don't know how you'd say the um, with like tensions or um, higher aspirations hmm. what it was because the first one seemed to be where it was really questioning uh, like I mean New York would have been extremely violent at the time as as a lot of kind of like inner city kind of places would have been and it was kind of questioning kind yeah, this family that did nothing to deserve it like the, yeah. the, the wife and the daughter were basically just they happened to be at a store at the wrong time mm. and these thugs like followed them home and broke in yeah. as like oh it could happen to everybody basically yeah, well, it's kind of more yeah. questioning kind of like you know vigilanteism mm. um, should people take law into their own hands and kind That's of like it should be because the cops weren't doing anything yeah. to solve the issue because mm. there's even references in it where he talk to his son-in-law at one point saying um with well, son-in-law is like hey jesus it's not like the wild west anymore we're not we're not um uh what would they've been called kind of like you know the the first kind of people pioneers oh, right. we're not pioneers first. anymore and i remember charles bronson's uh thing was kind of like well if we're not pioneers then what are we kind of like you know what what do you do with people that they're like caught in a constant state of fear that they, they won't do anything or defend them so you know mm. Where it did seem to be, I think, trying to have a debate around it. And as well, like the whole thing after his uh, wife gets killed, it's one of the things that sets it apart from all the rest of them, which I think is kind of good in a way, is uh, or it sets it in a more realistic kind of thing. You don't see the people that did it ever again. Mm. It's not like he comes across them, or he doesn't know who they were anyway. No one mm. knows who they were, so he d- he's not like tracking those guys down and killing them. It's just he takes to the street because he's sick of all the shit that's going on in New York, um, and it's just like people, random muggers, or kind of like if he sees, he's basically Batman or the Punisher. Pretty much, yeah. Um, with it. I think it really, I'm I'm not too sure now on the the birth of the which came first, the Punisher or what him, but. It's well, I suppose there is a lot of that sentiment. There's always been that sentiment around about vigilantism. Mm. 
But um, it's just, it was more grounded. Than Batman. Yeah, and as well, the whole thing, he's an <laughs> yeah. architect. Yeah. So it starts off yeah, as well. he's very but he's, mild-mannered. He's yeah. not like he's trained, you know, sort of to be mm. a fighter or a sharpshooter. Well, he anything. is. He well, was in the yeah. army. He was know, in, yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's, it's not like he's his actual job yeah. at the moment. But it's, yeah, he was a, he, a conscientious objector. Objector, That's yeah. what they used mm. to call him. So it's the whole thing. He's anti-violence. And then he slips into this thing where he starts, like, it starts off with one mugger coming at him and he hits him with basically a sock full of quarters yeah. and then after that he goes on he gets a gun and then he kind of gets into killing and then he's like fucking killing people like mm. left right and centre um, with it but I thought the first film still holds up there's some cheesy bits in it like you know where you do kind of I think it'd be perfect these movies are perfect for something like Red Letter Media where you're like a bunch of people kind of watching them and kind of like cheering mm. on as like with each death yeah. and stuff yeah that's true. I suppose, like, I suppose one of the main things that struck me about it as well was the sort of the, the kind of horrific and unflinching portrayal of like the the women in his life just you know causing him to um, to go out kind of being a vigilante. The fucking horrific abuse or the mm. the murder or the rapes or the all of that kind it's of stuff. It's not as bad in the first one as it is in later ones. It's it's bad enough. I like. I mean, I was kind of cringing away watching. It. Like it was kind of like it was a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm not saying like ah, it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like ah, nothing happens. And, yeah. But like compared, the second one is graphic. Yeah. I think that's yeah. A, that's the thing, and I think that surprised me a lot as well. That um, I'd forgotten mm. how graphic it was and how much it would make you flinch, mm. and just the senseless violence. And you can kind of you can understand where he's coming from, thinking of his his lovely wife, you know, getting murdered by this, and yeah. his daughter being so and she gets killed by Jeff Goldblum as well. I know. It's one of the. Uh, the things yeah. that kind of seems to occur in all of them apart from part five but in part five it's mostly kind of seasoned actors mm-hmm. but there's always people in it that go on to be famous or yeah, more well, famous there's at least one tug per film that's like yeah. oh my god it's that guy and then the first it's, one it's big people it's like Jeff Goldblum yeah it was Jeff Goldblum in um, yeah. one um, there might have been a few other people I can't really remember but there's um, what's his name uh, well, uh, uh, Lawrence no well yeah, yeah Lawrence Fishburne yeah. is in um, oh god I can't remember which one he's I can in. never remember numbers it's all just one big story to me yeah <laughs> but uh, that will, we'll get through it mm. we'll go through it I'm going to kind of say because there's other people Mm. Um, in it, but with the first one, um, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is in the second one. Yeah, I thought he was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Larry. Mm. But um, then with with the first one, what what did you think of it? Like overall, did you? That's enjoy no, I mean, or? I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, again, it's it, it's not sort of like a an Aaron Schwarzenegger full of like quips as he kills people mm. or like that. It's it's very serious. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, it's sort of, again, just showing one man's sort of, like, mm. answer to the senseless violence that goes on there. It, it just reminded me a little bit of sort of a, a 70s kind of a, not a cop show, but, you know, that kind of gritty yeah. sort of... I, I think, like, I mean, we're looking at Razor Fist going through all five of these, and he just mentioned in part three that it kind of there was a bit in that kind of gave birth to the body cop mm. thing and I didn't think it because you kind of forget it in the context and as well the era yeah. that this came out that it probably was a pioneer itself in a lot of different things and as well it was a thing he didn't start out as like this fucking cold calculating killer or mm. like that he was, he was just an average guy family that guy kind of like loved got, his daughter yeah. and yeah, that, that was a very soft home life as well. Now, yeah. Not even a sheltered, but, you know, mm. sort of they were, 
they didn't come into contact with the kind of the criminal underbelly yeah. usually of the city and then suddenly he's thrust into it, mm. you know. But one of the things that it deals with as well, it's stuff that I think later kind of like things at the wire, mm. um, they kind of deal with it. I won't say in case people haven't seen the wire, they won't spoil any of the stuff. But with people th- haven't seen the wire at this stage, are they, they really going to? Yeah, of course mm. it is. It's a classic. But you know with the whole vigilante thing where mm. it's like, you know, kind of... Um, in the wire was like say with Omar mm-hmm. where he was like killing people and they were like oh that's fine you know it's because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like drug dealers he's killing whereas in this as well they're pretty much hey look the, the fucking the commissioner and stuff is like look crime is down yeah um, we don't want to make a martyr out of this guy either so just yeah just leave, leave it leave be alone, or else just give him a little friendly warning and get yeah. him to, to stop which which is the kind of way it should be like I mean I'm not saying that people should go out and murder people <laughs> kind of like that or committing crimes but well, maybe but yeah but yeah. that's the thing you could you can see why he's doing it and he kind mm. of it would be a bit disheartening to see somebody like that punished while the usual you know horrible run of the mill criminals mm. get off scot-free and don't get punished or don't get caught or don't get rehabilitated yeah well, see I think this is the thing that's like I mean sometimes films just need to be a bit of escapism mm. I would say they don't need to be like if this was like the, the remake of this we didn't even look at it again we looked at it Eli Roth did it and oh, yeah. Bruce Willison was terrible mm. um, but if it was done nowadays it'd be all like about oh should they be doing this and like oh he seems to be enjoying it too much yeah. it's you know they'd have to be and it's like oh he's only killing and there's I can't remember if it's in the first one or the second one where they he walks into a party and they're having a conversation mm. and they're talking about kind of like oh the vigilante just seems to be killing kind of like you know um, African Americans and then someone's kind of like, oh, well, they're the ones committing all the crime. And it's, you hear that mm. With same conversations yeah. now, you know, not saying mm. fucking anything about, but just how little people's, people's attitudes I have suppose, changed, have changed, really. Yeah. Where you think they might have people, but, you know, there's still those yeah. kind of bits there yeah. um, with it. Whereas that's what I quite liked about this was that I think it was, it wasn't like being judgmental in it. It was like kind of showing probably the discussions that were going on or kind Mm -hmm. of the way that people were back then. So I think it's like a nice screenshot Mm. of like early 70s. Just a snapshot of people's... uh, America, yeah. And just kind of, you know, it's not, I don't think it'll ever go down as being like a work of art Mm. or anything like that, but... That moustache is a work of art. Yeah. It is. <laughs> In fairness. But you know, sometimes it's those kind of cheesy B movies that capture mm. more about the kind of what's going on at the time. Yeah. The zeitgeist. Like a lot yeah. of horror movies, too, you know? Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. But that's, yeah, I mean, like watching the first one, I was like, oh, this is a good film. Um, funnily enough I have to say normally if a, a series has like oh god we're up to number four number five now you'd normally be like cheesed off and going fuck's sake like you're really flogging a dead horse here but it, they actually still all worked even though I was at the end I was kind of like how many more women is he going to marry and get killed like yeah, that, that just is like just he a, has the worst look and his poor wives have it is, the worst he's like just look. the kiss of fucking death yeah like, so um, I don't know how any woman would go out of them if, if they know of their past history is like mm. oh your last three fucking love interests got absolutely horribly mm. murdered well maybe I'll steer clear of mm. you then oh we should have said it's directed by Michael Winner mm. um, yes which is so weird well, yeah. yes to actually think of because uh, uh, we would probably know Michael Winner from his later years or 
was like winners dinners and yeah and, and it was you know, I kind of do for, for like the, yeah. the times oh, or yeah, the garage you know, that, yeah. Was, yeah but uh, Clive uh, James or was it Clive Andrew? it was Clive James I think it was the bald guy yeah. Um, the way now they were both bald. Uh, Spit out what you're yeah. saying. But uh, he, Michael Winner used to be on his show quite a lot. Mm. And he uh, he used to be on kind of Have I Got News For You yeah, or bits and pieces like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was very good sport. He used to just let people rip the piss out of me. Mm. You know, he seemed to be comfortable. Oh yeah, he just that. seemed very, very happy in his own skin essentially. Mm. He was just like, yeah, grand whatever. So kind of like, I, I think he was after doing a similar kind of film to this with Charles Bronson beforehand. Mm. Um, you know, some kind of action thing. So then this came around and I think this kind of made mm. it for both of them because Charles Bronson, while he was in a lot of movies up to this point, this seemed to be the movie that kind of propelled him into leading man. Mm. And well, well, he was in Once Upon a Time, Time in the West, The Dirty Dozen, and mm. all, but he was always like... Uh, fucking a supporting actor yeah here he was of being a, a a non-traditionally good looking if you know what I mean because mm. that's sort of like how did he become a leading man because traditionally you have like the chisel jaw and the good mm. looks and all that and it's just like well he was a tough motherfucker that's it yeah that's what I'm saying he was kind of well, like, he was more of an everyman than your usual mm. kind of like lead or whatever like if we were looking at some stuff about him there was mm. uh, I think it's Dick Clavert or Dick I can't remember but some if you you just put it into YouTube about like Charles Bronson interview it comes mm. up um, with uh, his wife Jill Ireland yeah as who well is on actually the same one show. of the love yeah, interests she's yeah. in part two um, but the whole thing with the, the, the his life like he was born into a really impoverished family he was out working from when he was like fucking six or seven and so you know when he got mocked in school there was a story about oh um, yeah sure they couldn't afford like he was basically clothes, walking around yeah. naked at home like you yeah. know because there's I don't know 15 children or something ridiculous mm. like that and he had to wear like one of his older sister's dresses going to school so he'd actually have something to wear so he got mocked mercilessly about uh, mm. oh look you're wearing a dress kind of a thing so I suppose speculation is there that shaped him up to be able to be a tough nut well he was he like served in the military and stuff and then when he came out of the military he went into art school Mm. and then it was kind of from there he got into acting and like it took him like I think it was from the 50s he was Mm. working as an actor so it took him from the 50s up to the 70s become a lead which a lot of people don't do Um, and like I, th- I think one of the, the, the criticisms that Charles Bronson gets a lot is that he can't act. Mm. Yeah, when you see him in some things, I think probably near the end of his career, but like he was in his fucking 70s. Yeah, and 80s. Towards 80, yeah. Sure, yeah. the first death wish was so was, was 74. So no, he, the was first fi- one, yeah, 50, he was 50. Yeah, he was 50. Yeah, 50 something than that. Uh, so even at that stage, he was probably a bit jaded. Mm. You know, where it was just on autopilot, probably just going uh, The in, weird just... thing is, actually, I haven't seen him in some interviews. I think he actually is more naturalistic when he's acting because he seems really. He's a very odd way of talking in interviews, and you're kind of like, hmm, mm. what is this guy on? Like, he's just coming out with some bizarre statements. Well, here. apparently, like, there was some stuff as well that it, there was like actors he didn't get on with because it, what, the the tough guy thing wasn't an act yeah even in the interview that we saw him with when he was with his wife she was saying about him like basically choking some Swedish director Swiss yeah or Swiss Guess director right because he had a serious problem with Swiss yeah, directors yeah. for and some reason he was reason. like oh he's just tick <laughs> yeah this um, tick Swiss director yeah. it's like what a weird form of mm. like phobia to have yeah. like Swiss what I'd imagine as well with a bunch of actors as mm. well like how tough do you have to be you know so mm. he probably fell into it so he probably ended up falling into that role in mm. real life yeah. and couldn't probably because like the whole thing when he met or, uh, Jill Ireland when they got married they were married up until 
uh, yeah, the end, died, yeah. they were like, and apparently he ended up nursing her with very sad mm. end for the two of them. Um, but in the interview, you can see there was genuine love there. Mm. So I'd imagine that he was probably very different when he was with her mm. as well. For, because the whole thing, even kind of apart from a few spats, a lot of times when people are saying that they were a lovely couple, he was actually a really, really, really nice guy. He was just honest, mm. was the thing. So it was probably a thing that he wasn't like in that Hollywood bullshit kind of thing. Yeah, phase. exactly. Because there was never any allegations about him fucking doing shit towards oh, God, women no. or yeah. anything like You know, so I don't think... He was. What are you he just seemed to like say? A, no. Just I think he seemed like a nice guy. He wasn't, yeah. you know, that fucking Hollywood shit. All right. Okay. Type. You know, I think gotcha. he was probably too honest for that, and probably mm. too grounded and mm. down to earth to be yeah. that. Because apparently that's why he got a lot of work as well. Is because just a nice guy to work. He had a good work ethic. Yeah. He'd always know his signs and he'd always show up on time. And you know, he'd just do his job. Whereas, mm. like, you know, there was no diva behaviour from him. Except for the odd strangling. Yeah. So it all sounds very Homer and Bart Simpson y, doesn't it? Mm. Like strangling him by the neck until his yeah. nearly popped off. But he was like, I didn't strangle him, I just shook him really hard. Yeah, I punched him uh. in his stupid face. But then, part two. Before we move on, can wife. we just talk about the music? Oh yeah, but it's it's only in part two that Jimmy Page comes in as. Are you sure? Yeah, that was part one. As no, well. no, 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 no. So a, that uh, that kind of signature. Wow. Yeah, that was just in part two with right. Jimmy Page. And like when you're listening to the intro uh, to, it's fucking insane. Mm. It's like there is. This is all the one song. There's like blues, there's heavy metal kind of things, there's mm. weird synths because it would have been in the 70s when people were still yeah, fucking around with synths. So it's you're just listening to it going, this is like insane. Yeah, it's like five different songs being played at the same yeah. time in five different styles. And, and then Jimmy Page's name comes up and you're like, what oh. the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's um, experimental, I suppose, would probably be the best way to put it. Um, certainly memorable. It, and of course, then it developed your sort of your uh, your signature kind of uh, sting where it's like, you know, something serious is about to happen. And wow. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you know, it's... And it's, it's actually such, quite good. The, the it music is, is actually it's really, a really very good. memorable sort of a... Mm. You know, it's it's not something that you're going to associate with any other film because, mm. obviously, you know, everyone has their sort of their, their theme song, I suppose, mm. you know, Imperial March for Dark Fate. <laughs> Fucking but his is just like meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> but part two takes over at the end of part one the the police in New York say right get out of town you bum kind of yeah, you know yeah, get out, yeah we'll have to arrest you if you don't yeah. clear off and please stop killing everybody yeah, so he goes to Los Angeles to mm-hmm. kind of like a nice safe place Los Angeles um, where his daughter is still kind of semi-catatonic but yeah, she's getting she's better that, after yeah. the, the, the sexual assault in the first one um, and it's sort of this one it's as brutal as it is, there's a lot of really kind of weird, funny points in it that are unintentional. Like at the start of where he's at the market with her, mm. and she picks up a little fucking kind of crystal unicorn mm. and he goes, he t- oh, put that down. And then he goes, you can have anything that you want. Yeah, that was, yeah. And I was like, but she had the unicorn. She chose the unicorn. She ended up choosing a cat. But, uh, you know, after that, like a little crystal mm. cat. But um, yeah, there are bizarre little things. I think the unintentionally funny bit for me, which is, it was equal parts horrific and funny, was when you know, flash forward to further in the film where the poor daughter is after getting abducted oh again God, and getting you, assaulted. That's horrific assault, and then uh, she just springs up and jumps out a window, totally out of the blue, and you're kind of going and impales herself on a fence. on fence. It's shocking, but at the same time, you get this nervous laugh because you're kind of like people normally don't jump out of uh, windows, and I suppose it's trying to portray like you know. 
anything was better than the mm. alternative to staying in that warehouse getting assaulted and abused like you know well it's it's the thing is there's um in the forest we forgot to say when his wife mm. gets like the like it's Jeff Goldblum kills her by beating her around the head going I kill rich cunts yeah <laughs> um, you're just like fucking what yeah. um, it's really weird seeing Jeff Goldblum doing it I know but, giggling like a psycho yeah, yeah. but um, when the cops meet him they're like oh your wife is fine she just got a beaten and he goes into hospital and doctor is your wife just died minutes ago yeah. and he's like fucking what, what? Yeah. Um, and then this it's the his housekeeper gets horrifically raped and beaten and mm. um, the daughter gets kidnapped by this gang who then fucking yeah. they rape her and she like you were saying yeah, it's just like, and it's now for my it's the camera lingers too long on the sexual assault in mm. this one I think they bring it in and it's too fucking it's really icky yeah. Like not that like I'm not saying kind of, not like those good sexual assaults you yes, see. Exactly. But it's like it's, it's very uncomfortable even. Yeah. 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 Like I mean in a way I suppose that's probably what they're going that's for. That's right? that's what I thought. Yeah. It wasn't that it was like oh being salacious or something and like oh let's show no. tits and ass around yeah. like that. It was like I mean looking at it was you know, it was horrible, brutal, struggling, horrible you know just appalling and sort of you know you have your own views I'm you know as a woman looking at your fucking mm. you are seriously cringing oh, like, it's that fucking, is horrendous but even like the whole thing this is like <laughs> it's with fucking uh, Lawrence Fishburne mm. in it and he's like whipping the people and it's go. It's, it's just it's it's, yeah, that's it's the horrible thing. they have they have these weird little things that actually makes it stand out so it is you've got that with the wh- and then the first one it was like they spray painted just like per arse with yeah. red spray paint and it's just like the weird little things like that that just makes it extra horrific yeah and like I don't want to dwell on that mm. anyway but like it's a moving on with the thing mm. it's I suppose it builds up to what you're kind of those fuckers deserve to die oh, a absolutely. gruesome death mm-hmm. um, so unlike the first one it's he knows who they are because mm. he when he goes home with the daughter they kidnap the daughter when he goes home with mm. her they're waiting um, for him so he actually sees their faces so he sees yeah. their faces so he goes around mm. and Tracking one by down, one he fucking him kills them in mm. horrible ways where you are cheering him on mm. while he's doing it and it gets to it's it kind of builds up and builds up and builds up like each one is kind of bit more mental than the last with mm. the last one being that the guy and it, I suppose this is really the only commentary that you could see on it at the time where it's um he gets picked up by the police mm. um after a sting and he beats up a load of policemen and stuff and the guy has like a record fucking as long as he's uh, is your arm and when he's in the court the judge is like oh well this man was on PCP at the time which drove him insane so he should be sent to a mental institute mm. you know which is a thing that a lot of people oh these guys they get off scot-free and they mm. they go to kind of like you know a mental hospital a cushy mental yeah, hospital I can tell you as someone that was if they're far worse than fucking prisons they're not cushy yes. <laughs> by any finish the thought as someone who is what well, or worked in worked in yes, yes. yeah. Like as some, in yes uh, <laughs> I know what you said like, like somebody who spent quite a lot of uh, time there yeah. you, know, you haven't committed any crimes no, to, no, to no. be uh, yeah, but institutionalised that, like yes, that yes <laughs> but, the, but it's the, the whole thing with him he goes and he dresses up as a doctor and go, mm. gets into the place and um, then he gets into a fight with your man your man punches a fucking an electric shock 
chamber. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and get like an little, there's some bizarre <laughs> deaths, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, and as well, his wife. There, there was one bit of that was great, where is she wakes him up and he's like, "Yes, Jill." And I'm like, "Is her name fucking Karen know, or, or Jerry or something, or something like yeah. that?" Yeah. That's and it's it. like they just left it in. Yeah, they're like, "Ah, oh, it's a good enough take. That'll do." It's yeah, fine. where yeah. it's like people won't. Jesus Christ! Like just fucking. <laughs> But just retake it yeah. or get him to overdub it mm. or something but with this one I think they it, it nearly said that there was no real debate like there was in the first one this was just hmm. fucking kill 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 gore and so and for the time I can imagine it would have been seen as being hmm. very very gory and probably you know it was a bit more hmm. midnight movie yeah. and again it, it has I think it brings home the horror and the dread again it's not just like it's not criminals that stuff happens to again it's like a nice I suppose middle class mm. suburban neighbourhood and it's all wholesome people and they get the you know their mm. homes invaded by scum and it's got a things terrible rating on IMDB and all that it's got mm. on Rotten Tomatoes it's got 3.5 which I th- to tomatoes <laughs> which I think is shitty really for mm. like Robert Ebert apparently I'm just reading this now off Wikipedia yeah it was nominated for a Razzie yeah and for a Stinker's Bad Movie Award but it was uh, seen as artistically inept and morally repugnant um mm. so it's, it's bad like I mean they're pretty stern yes, things yeah. I, th- I, I think if those people could have skipped forward 10 years ahead to see what kind of films <laughs> are being 40 yeah. years yeah. ahead they might but mm. looking back at it it's I, I liked it yeah. I really really like it it it's is okay. the thing it's Charles Bronson just going around killing muggers and rapists mm. and you kind of go yeah, yeah. good on yeah. you mate <laughs> uh, with it it's not as good as part one but <sighs> it's not without it's it's charms. charms yes and like I mean you were just saying before we started oh my god you're going to have to tell me which one is which because they all just well, that's why I'm the same with any film though it's like any film I don't see them as parts 1, 2 and 3 it's just like mm. one long story in my head I just can't differentiate mm. now the third one mm. I think is for me it's the most fucking mental one and probably the most 80s mm-hmm. uh, it came out in 85 um, and Michael Winner directed it again and it's basically Bronson goes back to New York I don't know if he's going back to Lay Low or whatever but Saratov he's going to meet um, his old friend in a rough part of town and mm-hmm. the old friend gets killed by a gang of people in his own apartment so Bronson goes in and he basically it, it's nearly like the Magnificent Seven but just with Charles Bronson <laughs> um, goes in and there's this like weird gang that are terrorising the neighbourhood and they're after taking it over and they're nearly cult like mm. or something they have like these weird kind of paint yeah, marks on their fucking marks, head yeah. um, and it's just Charles Bronson starts just killing him like mm. he's working with the police apparently one of the police and it's we were looking at going what the fuck was he from the police detective in it yeah. and he was for anyone who's a fan of the office he was the guy that's in the suit shop that Dwight and Dwight Jr go into he's, he's the dad, dad of it yeah. and he keeps calling people dude and he's <laughs> yeah. just like yeah dude and you're just like dude, what the fuck but mm. um, he teams up with Bronson basically at first he's like yeah look you work for me you kill all these scum get the crime down but we want to get a few people you feed back the news mm. to me and they meet up every day you know and then at the end they team up 
But it is a whole thing. It is basically Batman and Gordon, like, you know, yeah. just in real life as such. But well, like, not, you know what I mean. In the other ones where he's like killing people, say, mm. behind the scenes or down in alleyways or on their way. And this, and during the daytime, in mm. front of like crowds of people, he's just shooting fucking people. This is like, this is real Regan yeah. movie for the time, I think, where people. But the only way I could describe for people that weren't around, like, it'd be like, uh, I suppose, Trump nearly to a certain, nowhere near as bad as Trump, mm-hmm. but kind of like people that would have been. Like the Reagan era was like fucking kill all criminals. Yeah. Kill everyone and cheering at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very so, yeah. So it was people were cheering in the street when he was shooting people in the chest and it was all made very light of. So it kind of went from this whole the first one where it was nearly a diatribe on and a very where, dark commentary yeah, as well, yeah. Should you really be killing shit? Is there a place for vigilanteism to yes, there is and it's fun. Yeah. Everyone has fun with it. No, it was um, the ages like greed is good, also killing criminals is good. Yeah, yeah. And it has a bit of that maybe they were influenced by some of the eighties action movies that were mm. starting to happen where like nothing bad really happened to the the main character where it was all like fun. Whereas like things have <laughs> blown up, you yeah. know, and they'd be like, aha, you know, kind of with the quips. Um but so in this he just fucking he just decimates people mm. like it, it ends up to the point where he's like finding people that were killing him before and kind of get there's an old guy that's living next door to him that looks like um Eric Borgnine no, yeah. Eric Borgnine Borgnine but it's not him it's... anyway <laughs> um but he's they're kind of giggling away with each other as they're killing him and he mm. kind of like a, he gives him a big fucking like light heavy machine gun um, like out of Call of Duty mm. and at the end there is like after he's after decimating most of this guy's gang your man calls in friends from biker gangs and all this and there's there are like hundreds of them just around this small kind of part in New York with Charles Bronson just running around murdering him mm. left right and centre and he's got like help from people oh Deanna Troy is in this yeah um, yeah and we had another Star Trek person didn't we as well oh, that's in later we yeah. get to them yeah. I know but that's I'm just making yeah. the connections like yeah. um, but Alex Winter was in this as well mm. for the the, the the people that would be go on to become famous uh, with it I can't remember did, oh yeah he did have a girlfriend in this yeah. she was either like the fucking DA or she was some psychiatrist or mm. something like that that meets him when he's meant to be arrested at the start of it when mm. they suspect him of killing his friend and she goes around to meet him and she's like oh I just I don't normally do this but would you like to go on a date and there's then like severe professional boundaries yeah, reached they hook up and she's like oh I just want to get away from here so then they go to pick up his mail um, and when she's in the car the gang attack and they knock her out and push her car down the hill and her car just explodes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? So you might as well make it more, more dramatic yeah. than usual. But this is the, the thing with him even in the first one he didn't seem too upset about the wife there was no kind of grief and even Willich could kind of go oh well this is why he's killing people it's a way of dealing with what happened. Mm. The second one yeah it was fucking you know his daughter got a mm. horrific thing and the maid and this one, it was like, his body got it, yeah, so I can see, but it's like, after she dies, he's just like, meh. She's <laughs> yeah. just like whistling, walking away. Yeah, Woo-do-do. let's yeah. move on to the next one. Where's the next love interest mm. that I can pot- potentially mm. have killed by criminals? But the fucking showdown in this mm. one was, it, it, it is more kind of Rambo-ish, I suppose, mm. where he's like on a fucking, he kills the bad guy at the end with a rocket launcher. Yeah. And he blows him out the window. But he's just walking around fucking... Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a... armed up to the teeth, like... It's a hilarious action film. But it has that 
kind of whole fucking kind of eighties. Everything you'd want from an eighties action over movie the top is in and bombastic it, yeah. and all of that. Um, yeah. I'd imagine. I don't know. It was received fairly well actually when it came out. Well, critical response I'd imagine was dire. <laughs> um, for. But yeah, yeah, out of the whole lot, and this would be one of my favourite ones. All right, okay. Of, where we, I don't think you even paid attention to this. I was kind of, at this stage, I was kind of like, God, how many more of these are there? Uh, and I sort of started paying attention again, I think, for the later ones. But no, um, it was okay. One and two obviously stuck with me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then by three, I was like, okay, it's the same kind of formula, just mm-hmm. getting more and more outrageous and more and more wacky as we go along kind of a thing. So I was starting to kind of flag a bit at that stage. Well, I think some people say it's so bad, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that kind of fits with this mm-hmm. one as well because he's just in Charles Bronson mode mm-hmm. and he's like smiling, killing. But it, it, it's very kind of Reagan-ish. Mm-hmm. If you, for people who were born like in the 80s or the 70s, you'd know mm-hmm. what I mean when I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. With a, it is yeah, that kind of... Yeah. That kind of the 80s consumption kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. It's like fucking Police Academy on steroids. Whereas if like fucking the guy that made Michael Winslow decides to kill people <laughs> instead of make noise. Yeah, making it. funny noises. Um, and then into four. Can you remember anything about part four? I'm sure he kills some people again. Does he? Um, <laughs> yeah, he might do. Yeah, I don't know. Part four, a couple of years later, and as well, it's very much. See, this is the thing about all these films. Uh, I, they deserve more love, I think, from people. And say for, say, people had to consider themselves serious critics or kind mm. of like you know film connoisseurs. Yeah, yeah, because they do have a. They say a lot about the time. So mm. like that three was definitely you know it's just mm. over the top. Ages, kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, four is called the crackdown. Mm. And it's their attempt at dealing with drugs. The war on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the late 80s, the war on drugs was fucking everywhere. Mm. It was like, oh, these Colombians bringing cocaine into America and, oh, they're killing off all these kind of like, you know, good children with cocaine. Just getting caught up in it somehow. And yeah. it's like, they're buying the coke. Yeah, so, yeah, no one's forcing them to do yeah. it. But it was always portrayed as these evil drugs. It was, it, yeah, it was always yeah. someone outside of the sort of the bounds of the United, the good old USA. Yeah. They were fighting all these external forces mm. and people are like well how do you fight drugs though yeah. so you can't fight a bag of cocaine you know? and that's basically what cocaine wins every time uh, anyway but this one starts off with it's Charles Bronson somehow is after managing to find a new uh, woman again that he's going to marry and her daughter she basically just takes cocaine um, dies from a massive overdose he goes looking into it and then he there's this one I think is a little bit smarter as well it, it kind of goes alright we have to do something with the fucking plot mm-hmm. we can't just look at him kill uh, yeah where it's this guy approaches him says I know who you are you work for me I'll give you names of all these people that are you know there's no mm. point just killing the people that gave her the drugs you should kill all the, the yeah, drug lords yeah need to go up the food chain yeah. yeah so then it basically turns into it really turns into the, I think the, the Punisher at mm. this point and a little bit of Hitman um, the game yeah. with it, where he's picking off all these targets these high targets it's in nearly creative ways yeah, where it's inventive like, mode yeah, yeah. Um, where he's blowing people up and stuff and then it turns out that the guy 
at the end of it is fucking what's your He's setting them up. Mm. Uh, he's uh, a phony who wants him to eliminate all the other drug dealers so he can be the numero yeah. uno drug dealer. He tries blowing him up in a car, mm. but Charles Bronson shoots his way out. Yeah, that's he just walks his way um, out. Yeah, and then it's like the ending to this one. I think is fucking hilarious. It's it's really good. Some of the action in this one is really, 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 really good. But it ends with like a shootout in a roller skate. Yeah, fucking venue, and in the car, it starts off in the car park and then goes up, and it just gets more insane Mm. as it goes on. The music is just fucking ridiculous. Like, and he's got what would seem to be a big thing in the eighties as well. They came back in Call, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, they have noob tubes. Uh, oh, so it was M16s, because mm. it was like, M16s are cool and all, mm. but they'd be even cooler than if they could fire grenades. <gasps> so you have them kind of shooting people with grenade launchers, fucking mm. in this one, which is like, yeah, sure. Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. Mm. It's a good way to get the killing done. Yeah. But, effective way to get your point across here have mm, a grenade in the face. But I'd imagine at this point, people are probably like, oh my God, this is like, I... Even I kind of remember around that time that people were like, oh, it was a bit of a joke about mm. Debt Wish, where it was like, oh, they're going to keep nearly like Friday the 13th, I suppose. Mm. Where it's just like all these sequels coming with the same story. and Yeah, it's just oh, like how many times you go and rehash it, yeah. kind of a thing. And like people, like it's always like, I'm just looking at the thing where one of the, the reviews were saying cartoon, same characters. But that's not the point of Debt Wish movies. They're not mm. meant to be. Yeah, meant the to first be just, one was a bit, I suppose. Yeah, the yeah. first one was. And then it but was like, just it like, was the same with Rambo first blood. Yeah, the same. It's very serious, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like kill everybody. Yeah, and you know yeah. the Terminator even yeah. too. But well, Terminator really was only two good films in it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of don't I don't count yeah. the rest of them as being part of the Terminator yeah. series. There's been two, and that's it. Mm, that was a really bad comparison. But yeah, it's I, I like Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween where they just get sillier and sillier as they go on and that's meant to be the point of it um, it's following the rule of sequels yeah isn't it? and as well like they're done by fucking Golden and Globus people yeah. remember Orion there is a great uh, documentary called Electric Boogaloo mm. um, the Orion story I think or something like that and if anyone has to see because you get to see all these movies are made, and their philosophy was basically here's money do this and because they interfered so much in movies mm. the two of them were nuts that it was like oh no we won't see a ninja there so like there was a and load like, of ninja movies we're in, in a nunnery what's going yeah. on like and it was that insanity yeah. where you kind of go fuck yeah they, they, like they end up going horrifically bankrupt <laughs> like but that was because they got into bigger movies um, I think it was He-Man actually might have finished them off God imagine that. that being your epithet yeah because they kind of like put so much money into that and they taught and it was like a massive flop mm. but like if they had to stay doing all these like straight to video mm. um, insane movies like with Chuck Norris and all that shit and I'm mm. sure they would have well I don't know they'd still be around but then I suppose on to the very last one where it's I think it doesn't even have a rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> they just refuse to acknowledge yeah. its existence, do they? And like it was ninety four, so it was over twenty years from the the first one. And like I think Charles Bronson was in his mid seventies or yeah. late seventies at Basically, this time. Basically, uh, you know, went into his pension years. Yeah. Um, and this one he hooks up with. Uh, Yet another young lady. Yeah, she's a fashion designer, mm. and her ex husband was like some drug lord yeah. that's using her business to crime kingpin yeah yeah and so of course they end up killing her and he goes off and gets revenge on all of them and kills them all you know mm. there's nothing really to the, the weirdest thing in it where there is like the hitman that's on the other side 
where they identify him as in, oh, he's got dandruff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, what? How is this And he's clue? obsessed with it. And yeah. it's like, they should have said something like, oh, he's got like some horrific scar or he's got some... Mm. Um, he's like, no, there's been flakes left of the crime scene. Yeah. So he basically just goes around slowly murders all and then he goes to the end where he like fucking shoots one of them into like a wood chipper, but it's like mm. in a fabric thing. Yeah, it's for <laughs> chewing on fabric. Yeah. And it's like, why would you in a fashion design house have a machine for chewing fabric up? Yeah. It's bizarre. And well, I suppose, I mean, the premise itself was bizarre because, like, he literally, he was just after proposing to the missus. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad my daughter will have a father figure now. And then instantly, like, bleh, she's yeah. dead. And he's just like, oh, well. But when she gets bet up by, like, the, the hitman guy with the bad dandruff, he dresses up as a woman to go into the woman's yes. toilet and smashes her face open off yeah, of a mirror. into a mirror repeatedly. Yeah. yeah quite horrific. Um, but you do, it's just, I don't know. I think some of the, the, the shooting scenes in this are a little bit better than some of the other ones when you're looking at did they have that weird Zack Snyder slow motion thing going on <laughs> like um, maybe that's where he got it from mm, well stylistic yeah, yeah. Mm. but like it, it is probably the worst out of the the five of them but at the same point it's kind of watchable it it's, is because yeah. the whole uh, the, you know they try to do the fashion f- f- fashion um, you know sort of that whole world and it just it comes across really weird it's like insane all this shit is happening and models are just like oh I've got to walk the cat walk here yeah. I just step over a dead body and Michael Parks is the bad guy in it um People know that he, he was like a really, really big actor in the, the 70s and the 80s. Big isn't famous, not big yeah. isn't gigantic. And um, he kind of had a bit of a comeback there um, after Kevin Smith brought him back. I think he might have been in a Tarantino. Yeah, he was in Kill Bill. Mm. Um, oh, and from Dusk Till Dawn. And yeah. yeah, so he kind of, you know, he was one of those guys that... Just pops up in all these uh, kind yeah. of... Uh, he came back on the back of he was the bad guy in Tusk as well hmm. uh, but on the back of Tarantino the way Tarantino kind of and, takes older actors yeah. and yeah reinvents them I suppose or reinvigorates um, and he's good he's but it's slightly weird with it. it's, it's an, where it's like he's an Irish mobster but yet he's got like hmm. Italian sidekicks yeah uh, whereas hmm. I don't know if anyone's been to like the New York underworld lately well we but, haven't either but it's just from what we, we have understand movies <laughs> From what we understand, uh, the again, movies and TV be, shows, yes, they tend to stay to the own. Yeah, um, hmm. but yeah, and that was the end. Of, they were going to do a sixth one, which would have been nearly passing the torch, where it was uh, something like the new. Um, mm. Actually, let's just look at it instead of me fucking just making guessing, shit yeah. up. Yeah, um, where it was going to be fucking what, the new vigilante, yeah. Um, did you have to look up the word vigilante no, see, you I said it like yeah, I was, that's what times. I was going to say and then when I was like maybe it's something different uh, um, where I, I presume it would have been him yeah. passing over the, yeah, the torch well, he, he probably would have been in a wheelchair at that yeah, stage exactly like, just wheeling up yeah. here's my machine mm. use it wisely yeah. but like I mean the, the legacy of Die Hard I think is a little bit Die Hard? or a fucking Death Wish is a little bit forgotten like I mean you had the sequel well not the, the reinvention of it that just didn't mm-hmm. take off um, I, I kind of thought as well I didn't read there was a film with fucking um, oh god I can't I remember his name uh, Kevin Bacon yeah in it uh, years ago called Death Sentence and I remember we saw it in the cinema mm. and it was it felt a bit like a rip off of Death Wish but we didn't realise it was actually based <laughs> on the novel which I think was the sequel to Death Wish 
If you can wrap your melody yeah. around that. And then there was like, there was other ones that were done over the years that were kind of, there was another you know, deck game was another thing that was done. So there was all these ones that were and like maybe there was one that I thought was really, really good with What's his face? That was um the Scottish fella. What? He went out with one of your friends. What? Um Oh, he's been in a load of action movies and stuff. He was in Reign of Fire. Oh, um, Jared. Yeah, Jared. Jared? I can't remember his surname. Yeah, he's actually Jared Butler. He's a really nice guy. Uh, But he was in that, oh, fucking law-abiding citizen. Remember oh, yeah, his wife got yeah, killed yeah, and he yeah. went off and he took revenge on it. It was nearly like a mixture. So that was a really, really good movie. Mm. At the time, that got fucking slated mm. when it came out. And I think it, it's streaming, it seems to have found its own. Keeps seeing it come up and people talk very fondly of it, which I think they should. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of these films, they do when they do come out, people, unless it's by David Fincher <laughs> or someone like that, people are going to go... Me. It's yeah. stupid fucking over the top action. Dude. It's shit. Yeah. It's oh, like you it's know, revenge yeah. porn. It's whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. Um. Whereas, like a lot of these movies, I don't. You don't need a, a big plot to do. Mm. Like if especially for an hour and a half. Now I think with the yeah, like the, the television after hour, becoming so yeah, big, three hour films or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If you want to explore characters and stuff like that, movies really aren't the yeah. place for it. Unless it's a small examination for it, you can do that in a TV show that goes on for fucking sixty episodes. Yeah. A lot better. Um, do your deep dive into the site yeah. this is just like broad strokes there you go here's the headlines yeah and it should be fun yeah not that I think every movie you know I don't mean that like yeah, every movie should foot. be a Charles Bronson <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah why well, isn't he shooting anyone with his left foot <laughs> um, but I do think uh, films like that they need to have a bit of a comeback mm. um, especially with punks getting yeah Ruining the streets. Yeah. Ruining the streets got to show who's boss. Because a lot of action films now seem to. I just saw before we started, there is uh, The Fall Guy. I thought oh. it was going to be like, oh, they're they're doing a film version mm. of the TV show. And it's yeah. going to be really fun. And it looks awful. Like the trailer they basically showed, it's Ryan Gosling is in it as well. So oh. it's it's like. Uh, is it he looks going to be like, like the Drive Guy in it? No, it's he's a stunt guy, mm. stunt man who's in love with the director, oh. um, and so the main man gets kidnapped, so he has to go off and find him. Okay. Um, to kind of like As capture them, and yeah. it, there's loads of different stunts, but it looks now I think maybe the film could possibly be okay, but the trailer just makes it look Bizarre. awful mm. and over the top. But that it seems like a lot of the action films that come out nowadays. Are like that nearly like the word they're trying to be like Mission Impossible mm. and stuff where it's you know bring back some fucking grimy gritty yeah let's see some fingers being broken. street level thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then when people do that they do kind of are more into horror territory mm. where I think Dead Wish nearly yeah it's not quite gross got the middle to ground. be a horror but yeah it's yeah. not bombastic enough to be like oh, yeah, yeah. as well as Charles Bronson Mm. I think like Liam Neeson I suppose to a certain extent they kind of did that with the Taken yeah, films and they had that kind of gravitas about him as well yeah. kind of you, you're looking at what seems to be mm. an ordinary man you're like I can buy that he can do that shit yeah. but yeah he looks like he could fucking but it's a weird thing with Liam Neeson so Liam Neeson is a great actor but like he was a, he won an Oscar for Schindler's List didn't he so he was in that kind of area of mm. being an actor and then he did Taken 
And then after taking, he just started doing loads of straight to video fucking things mm. where he kind of fell into this action. Yeah. Role, hero. Yeah, mm. thing. And it's like, you shouldn't have. Don't you know, that was what made Taken what it was because it was like, oh, no one thinks he's going to be. Yeah, it's kind of like a one off and an unusual yeah. role. Mm. It was like. Well, don't you email him and let him know? I will. Okay, yeah. then. But that's what, like, Luke Besson, I think, yeah, could do really well. Like with yeah. Leon, yeah. where he gets these people that you wouldn't normally think would yeah, be. Yeah, so see it with And that puts them into that to where it is, I think. It's like, look, no, you know, it doesn't have to be this muscle bound fucking guy. Yeah. You don't have to have the stereotypes. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I think nowadays it's kind of fallen back into that stereotype thing with it so I think you need probably it's always kind of like goes in circles yep. anyway swings so. around about yeah. so who would you think would be the next Charles Bronson they'd probably have to be a woman they can only be one well of course that's like, I know yeah that's what they do with everything they Dame read. Maggie Stewart or some <laughs> shit like that or just surprise. yeah they reinvent everything Oprah Winfrey so that she'd be great hate on it. Uh, or um, I don't think Oprah Winfrey I, I would not like to cross that woman anyway yeah I suppose that's so you have to get someone mm. who don't people don't associate with being a psychopath mm. um, Betty White she's dead uh, uh. doesn't matter but anyway, got yeah. holograms. Hmm. I suppose that was our rundown of Death yes. Wish. Um, so yeah, mm. um, I think we should bring it back. And until next week, we're wow. going to be talking about Danzig. Oh. So if you want to listen along when we're talking about Danzig, queue up some Danzig. Yeah, listen to some Danzig. So until then, your move, punk <laughs> or something.